it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with the one and only Anthony Yard. Anthony, it's good to, it's actually good to see your face, because I know we've communicated um, back and forth with one another, but it's, it's really good to see your face. Yeah, you too, you too. How you been? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I know, um, it's just strange times, isn't it? It's just really strange. It's sort of hard to wrap your, your head around everything, and I found a balance with gardening and trying to like take long walks to kind of keep the mind from getting all frazzled because um, it can do that to you. It starts to feel like a bit of like a nightmare, right? Like you're in like it's just Definitely. confinement. It's like you, you can't really go anywhere, but you can't tell yourself <laughs> you can't go anywhere because it gets to your head. Um, but do you know what I wanted to say before we start? I hope this isn't too personal, but uh, I really wanted to thank you. Uh, <laughs> when I was in the hospital, even after I was out of the hospital, even after that, you have every right to check out, not speak to anyone. Yeah. You completely take this time for yourself and no one would be offended. Mm -hmm. But you reached out to me every single day mm -hmm. to make sure that I was okay. And I just yeah. want you to know, like, from the bottom of my heart, like, that meant something to me. That really meant something to me. And I just, and you know, the more I thought about it, you know, once you're out of all of it, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what, Anthony, you're a really good guy. Like, you're, you're a solid individual because, <laughs> no, really, because, like I said, you, you didn't have to be concerned with anything other than what you were going through yourself, but you yeah. still took the time out to check on other people, make sure they're okay and they're feeling better. And so I just wanted to thank you for that because I genuinely, genuinely <laughs> took note of that. Trust me. Yeah. Now, when you told me that you was, because um, literally, literally, when you told me that you was having symptoms or whatever, you was in hospital, it must have been like, it was, it was, it was around the time where I found out about my dad. So I was just like, it felt like everyone that I knew or people that I'd been in contact with, with or whatever, yeah. it was just firing out of control. So when you told me that you had symptoms, I was like, no way, no way. So just checking up on you and saying that, like, how are you feeling now? Like, how's your breathing, etc. When you told me that you was okay, it was like a, a sigh of relief because there was so much things happening around me, you know, people that I knew, their family members were actually getting ill and passing away. So it was like a scare. And um, yeah, it's just one of the things, but it's like a big panic, a big panic. Everyone seeming to forget about it now, but not me, because I'm, I know how, how serious it is, and I know the effects it's had on loads of people around the world. Mm -hmm. I know it's a touchy subject, and if you don't want to talk about it, I'm not going to. No, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I just, I really want to know, you know, most importantly, how you are at the moment. Like, how are you kind of, um, how are you coping with everything? And, and, and again, you asking me at the start, how are you doing? And I'm, and it's like, you're, you're already having this as, as a, as a worldwide, we're already having this, this issue that's affecting everyone mentally and financially and so many other ways. But then on top of that, you throw into the equation that you've lost two of the closest people to you due to this virus. So yeah. 
I honestly, like my heart goes out to you. Like, how are you kind of handling it all at the moment? Um, I'm good, to be honest. Um, a lot of people have been saying to me that it's okay to be upset and um, you don't have to hide behind a smile or things like that. I'm just me at all times. And when I've been upset, I've allowed myself to be upset. Um, when I'm happy, I allow myself to be happy. Um, we had one of the funerals already, which was for my dad. Um, and it was, it was sad, but at the same time, it was, you know, it was joyful. You know, people were playing music. There was a time where everyone started laughing. Um, when they were doing, they were singing Amazing Grace and <laughs> some people started getting the words wrong. So, <laughs> you know me, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the first person to burst out laughing. And then it like, it calls, and then the pastor afterwards, or the priest or whatever he was, he was saying that my dad would love that because that's the kind of person that he, he had as well. Um, I just try and focus on the positives, you know. Even something that's nothing to do with this conversation, but I've been watching, um, the Last Dance with Michael Jordan. I haven't seen and it yet. Everyone's talking about it. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. Because there's, there's part of it, I won't ruin it for you, but there's part, there's something that happens in it. Uh-huh. He, he was close to his dad. Or he is close to, I'm not trying to ruin it. <laughs> I'm ruining it. <laughs> but he was close to his dad. I was, I was, I was close to my dad up until a certain age. Um, I lost contact with my dad when I was around eight or nine years old. And then it was like years, every every few years we'll, we'll talk or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't necessarily close. Um, so seeing someone like how he deals with things, and I've got a similar mentality. I just see it, you take the good with good and take the bad with bad. And at the, at the end of the day, the story still got to continue. And the people that have gone, they wouldn't want to see you, you know, depressed, giving up on life. They want to see you doing the things that make you happy, or doing the things that, you, whatever you was doing to make them proud or whatever, they want you to continue to do that. So that's it really, I'm just trying to stay focused. So you're sort of, because based on your videos, you've, I mean, you've always been, you know, someone who's always in the gym, you're always working out, you're always staying in shape, there is no days off for you. Um, <laughs> but it seems like even more so now, you're just sort of really putting all of that into, um, training, you know, because you're supposed to be returning. To the, this is what I'm hearing. Correct me if I'm wrong. July 11th, correct? Potentially, but I know Frank Warren saying they he doesn't want it to be behind, like with no audience. He wants the fans to be present. So can you kind of maybe clarify? Because I'm not quite sure what's the, the status. Um, in terms of July 11th, July 11th is the, the date that was set. Um, that was set in April, or just before April, I think it was March, um, when this whole thing started happening. But from what I've hit, from what I hear, I don't, I don't see or hear anything that's been confirmed. I don't understand if there's been a venue that's been confirmed, if it's actually allowed to go ahead. Um, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know. I'll be honest with you, I don't even know. Um, I spoke to Tunde, who, who manages me and trains me. Um, a few days ago and he was just saying to me there's no rush and um, because of what I've been through recently as well it's not nothing that you can just ignore mm -hmm. um, yes I'm training but I'm not training I would usually train no gyms are open that's a fact so um, and not only that as well it's a big the, the Monday's fight was meant to be a good one I'm fighting someone that's undefeated 
um, another banger, someone that knocks out a lot of people as well. That's a fact that the UK fans and some people around the world really want to see. You know, I'm more I'm more known around the world that he's well known in England. He's from Manchester, and you know it was causing a lot of attention. So you don't want to have that behind closed doors, man. You need a crowd there. You need people shouting and swearing and <laughs> you need yeah. it. So um, I'm not a fan of fighting behind closed doors. Um, I will if I have to. I'm I still got a line mentality, but we we do want fans there. So is there a chance that it may not be against him? Is it a chance that it could be maybe someone else until you're, you guys are, are able to fight in front of a crowd? Could be that. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Um, any fights I can get, I would take. If I could have a fight tomorrow mm-hmm. that was sanctioned in boxing um, <laughs> against anybody, I would have it. You know, Just yeah. to gain the experience, be in the ring, um, have that professional atmosphere, referee in the ring, etc. Um, and the seriousness of it, because you can spar as much as you want, but when you're fighting and it's going to go on your record, regardless of who that person is in front of you, it plays a part in the experience. When there's a referee in the ring and it's a serious occasion, it plays a part in the experience. So, you know, someone like Canelo Alvarez, he had over 20 fights under the radar. No one knew about them. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time he was known, he was 30-something and all. <laughs> or 30, whatever and all. Um, same as Deontay Wilder. You know, these guys built their experience behind closed doors. So I'm all for that. If they can get me three or four opponents within the next two months, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was having this conversation with Radio Rahim, um, and the, we, we were asked the question, if a fighter during quarantine comes out of quarantine and they're like, look, we got to fight for you, right? Is a fighter, or is it considered ducking if the fighter decides that they want a tune-up fight before a big fight? Or do you think it's their responsibility during this time to stay ready? I feel like it's a, it's a catch-22 because some people have lived different lives than other people. So some people depend on going to a gym. Some people have a gym that's theirs. Mm-hmm. Some people have a gym built in their, their garden already. In, in this scenario, I wasn't prepared. So I haven't got no a punching bag. I didn't have no no gym equipment, I had nothing. So I was doing- Sparring. Nothing, you can't spar, so, and that's the last thing with me, because I know how serious it is. That's the last thing I'm gonna be doing, is sparring, because yeah, there's, I'm seeing people and people that I know in the gym and they're touching pads and things like that. Yes, they might not have the virus, but it's easy to spread, you know, and I've, and I've been close, it's close to home for me, so I'm a person that's taking it seriously. Um, yeah, even training. I was going to ask you that, like, even if they say that the, the laws were that you're able to finally go back out and interact and, and fight, seeing how deeply it has affected you and your family, is, does that make you scared? Are you scared to, to sort of kind of go back out there and knowing that, you know, there is the risk of contracting the virus because it's really kind of, it, it's, it, it's, it's sort of, in my opinion, impossible to avoid. Um, yeah. If you're going to go outside at some point, there, there may be some sort of, you know, contraction. But, like, how do you feel about returning? Like, is, or are you, are you still maybe just a bit hesitant? I'm still hesitant, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm scared or I have fear, because it's going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can't control certain things. Um, but it's cautious. I'm more cautious than anything. Um, yeah, it's just about taking precaution, man, being smart. And um, not exposing yourself 
in a silly way or for unnecessary reasons. Like when I'm training, like when I go for my run or I go and get a bike and I go for a bike ride or I'm roller skating um, or doing exercises, that's for my own benefit. You know, that's 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 something that I need to do. Um, going out and chilling with my brothers and or my friends and doing all these things that you don't need to do, it's pointless. That's something you're not going to catch me doing. Mm-hmm. Does that does that concern you to get back to that point? Like, yes or no? Um, like, like I said before, it's like it's going to be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And you, if you live in fear, sometimes you attract the negativity towards you. And um, it's not the fact I'm going to live in fear. It's cautious um, and smart. Just like I try to, I try to box. <laughs> I try to box smart. Um, you're not going to go in there and just, you know, leave your face exposed. You're going to go out there and try to take the right precaution um, and just do the best you can. That's all really. I just feel like nowadays, it's like, because we can't, like you said, we can't control it. It's sort of like, what can we learn from this, right? And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about a new trade and things like that, but like about ourselves, about humanity, about how we go about things, maybe how you know, we didn't take into consideration how easy it was to spread a virus or bacteria because we weren't cautious of washing our hands constantly. People weren't, you know, like when someone sneezes and I know you've seen this in public, they're just like, Bleh, right? And they're like, you don't even try to take their arm up and block it. Like, so I think overall, I hope the lesson in this is to be more sanitary, to understand like what it is, like really kind of think about what it is you're doing before you do it. Do you know what I mean? 100%. And I'm one of them people, because I'm a clean freak. And um, You I, I, strike me as one. I don't know why. <laughs> I am. I'm a clean freak, man. <laughs> but even when it comes to the gym, I whack down my, my gear. Um, no one's allowed to use my, my gloves. Not that. Everything's mine. And when I use my own stuff, I wipe it down. When I'm in the ring, like Tunde, when he's putting the gum shit in my mouth, I make sure he has to go and wash his hands. And I have to see him wash his hands because, listen, I'm, just, I'm a, but you know a lot of people. You do go to the gym, right? And you, I'm thinking yes. about this all now. I'm thinking about this no. like, even when I was back at the gym. I'm like, you know what? I used, at least I do this. I swear, I swear I do this. I always wipe everything down with the, like the disinfectant they offer in the room. But I see people getting <laughs> off their, their bikes and whatever they're doing and just going out. So, yeah. like, when the person comes in, right, who just sat down, they have no idea what they're sitting in, like a pile of, you know, a puddle no. of, like, sweat yeah. and God knows what, you know? So, it does make you have perspective on what, you, what you're doing now. A gym is the, literally is the most unhygienic place. That's why they're saying that gyms are going to be one of the last things to reopen. I'm guilty of that because when I'm training... <laughs> I haven't got the time to worry about the person behind me. <laughs> so when I'm in a boxing gym, it's, it's different because when you're boxing, it's like you're so you're so built on time and when you're changing exercises, you, you haven't really got time to wipe anything down afterwards. But when I go to the gym, that's something when I go to a boxing gym, that's something I'm gonna actually pick up on is cleaning equipment before I go on it. Because before in a boxing gym I wouldn't do that. When I go to fitness gyms, it's weird because when I go to fitness gyms, I would wipe things down. And then when I go to a boxing gym, it's just gritty. You're just going to go in there and do whatever you need to do. So it don't make sense, but that's something I'm going to take into consideration as well, that people are nasty. I've seen people sneeze and cough and blow their nose and snot's going everywhere. 
you know what? Yeah. When I was leaving England um, after being sick, and you know, I had I had early stages of pneumonia and um, a ch uh, lung infection. So my lungs, you know, you know, like anyone who has asthma knows that it's like hard to breathe to begin with. So yeah. like, when it's aggravated, it's sort of like you know, you're always wanting to kind of cough or whatever. When I was leaving um, England to come back to California on one of their their like. They call them, um, not return flights, what are they, rescue flights. So they're basically okay. getting people to go back to their home countries, right? So I got on one, and I kid you not, I wanted to, like that, that feeling, that paranoia of coughing, really? and everything I have, I'm like, because <laughs> 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 I'm like, I don't want to cough. And I mean, there was, only, there was only four other people, four passengers, aside from myself, on the entire Virgin Atlantic flight. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I even took video of it. I'm like, it's like ghost town in here. It's really just creepy. But yeah, you get all kind of paranoid now because you're like, God, you don't want to ankle. You know what I mean? Like you're doing so, you have you have it. But at the same time, you know, naturally, so some of us are gonna want to cough or sneeze. But it's just be mindful to like cover yourself and not put it out there. Exactly, and another thing as well, I've got bad hay fever. Like in this country, we get hay fever. A lot, a lot, and bad. I'm going to pollution or what? But sneezing. The amount of times I sneeze today when I went out, when I sneezed some exercise and I was sneezing. And then after a while, it's like people. <laughs> I remember people across the world looking at me like, like is is he is he contaminated or whatever? And I just kept pointing at my hand saying sorry, sorry. And I hate people, hate people. But that's the kind of thing that's going to happen from now on. When you hear someone cough or sneeze or whatever it is, people are going to sprint away from them. And it's like, that's something that we're going to have to slowly get back into as well. Understanding that people just have got common colds. Some people have got allergies. Um, but as you're saying, it's about covering your mouth, um, covering your nose if you can, sneeze, sneezing your top. I know it's nasty, but sneezing your top. I've seen people do some foul things, like foul, like snot, like this, and throw ah. it on the floor. <laughs> like just throw it on the floor. It's nasty. It's just no. disturbing to think, like, you know, like when you're in Vegas and you see all of those girls that at the end of the night, they can't stay in their heels anymore. <laughs> and they're just walking the streets, dirty streets, and they see all their, the bottom of the, their feet are black, like it looks like they got tar under it because they're just walking the streets, contracting God knows what. Amen. And you know, the bottom of our feet, that's why when they do detoxes, they, yeah. it comes through your feet. Did you know that? Yeah. 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 So that's why when they do yeah. these detoxes, yeah. they pull them out. From your feet. Oh, yeah. And all it takes is for one of them girls to step on a pin, cut their foot on glass. They could have all sorts of things. When I see girls doing that, I literally look them up and down and go, what do you say? Mm, it's nasty. <laughs> but people do it often. Yeah, I know. I yeah, always believe if you can't fit a pair of flats in your, in your clutch, right? Mm -hmm. Like thin flats and you can't remain the rest of the night in your heels and you don't have any other options, then you shouldn't be wearing heels out. Cause I, 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 you would never catch me dead doing that. In fact, I even feel awkward about walking in hotel rooms barefoot. Yeah, same, same. Because it's the carpet, it's just, they don't clean the carpet like you think. You don't know what the hell happened on that carpet before you walked on it. All they do is hoover, that's it. I've seen, I've seen these people that, all they do is hoover, they don't mop, they mop the, they don't mop the bathroom or whatever, but the carpet, Carpet is is one of the most filthy things as well because it holds on to everything. Like people are, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you have to think about these things, doesn't it? You're like, 
man, hopefully people are, are using a lot more precaution. Hopefully, hopefully if anything come, if any good comes from this whole pandemic is that we learn to be better people. Learn, we humble ourselves, become more self-sufficient, pay, uh, pay attention to the things that matter, disregard the things that don't matter, you know, spread love, not hate. That's all we see these days. You know, one thing I learned from this whole situation, yeah, obviously my nan passed as well, a few days after my dad. And what I took from it was taking time to make time for people that matter. And when someone's making an effort with you, make effort with them. And it's like, with my nan, I always remembered her. Christmas time, she used to love Christmas. Christmas and kids. She used to ask for me and my sister all the time. And then when we got older, I knew that she'd been asking to see me and things like that. I didn't make the effort to take time to go and see her. So that's, that was my only, I don't live in regret, but that's the only thing I would say I've learned. That's a lesson I've learned from this whole situation is take time to appreciate people whilst they're here. And when someone's making effort with you, make effort. So that's, that was my message, my main message to people that like, I even put in my, my group chat I got on WhatsApp. And just, there was a picture, like it was something like um, a list, like three good things about your friend or whatever. And it broke out a big conversation. Everyone started telling each other what they appreciate about the other person. Even other conversations came out, what they don't like. And it was, it was such a beautiful conversation that lasted like half the day. Um, so that's the thing that I've taken from it mostly, is to talk while you can be. It's so easy to get caught up in, number Life. one, things that don't matter, <laughs> and get caught up in career, get caught up in, in the goal, the ambition of what you have, and a lot of career-oriented people are guilty of that. They don't see their family yeah. often. They, they get caught up in the zone, and the next thing you know, you wake up, you're 50, and you know, yeah. your, your parents are old, and your, your kids have grown up, and it, it's easy to get distracted and one thing i can say one common denominator i could say about this whole situation about everyone being on lockdown is yes it's 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 overwhelming people are losing a lot but what but like you said like we can't fix the situation but we can adapt what are we yeah. learning in the process of this you know what i mean honestly like what are we learning and the one thing i can say is man i haven't spent this much time with my parents in 10 years yeah, that's, that's, I've that's been doing boxing been doing the boxing thing for nine years now and all i do is travel 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 this is the first time and you know what it all made it worth it when because i i cook every night or five out of the seven days i'd say and yeah. um i like to cook good meals healthy good hearty meals and so the other day it was all worth it when my dad goes he gets up and he walks away he goes you know what We've been really blessed since you've been back. Oh, uh, <laughs> because it was like, you know, he's getting spoiled. He's getting all these meals and mom and dad be taken care of. And, but it makes me happy because you're right. Like there are so many things that we need to be grateful for in the present. And 100%. I feel like if you're not recognizing that throughout this, I don't know what can help you. <laughs> True. It's true, because a lot of people, like, with career-driven people like yourself, like me, you're doing things to support your parents financially or to support the people you love and care about financially, but sometimes the most important thing to them and yourself is time. And the time you spend with them, you know, the effort you make, um, sharing more experiences together. And that's another thing that I sat down and thought about as well. 
the reason you want money, or the reason I want money, isn't it? so you can go and experience extravagant things. You can, you don't need for anything. You're not, you're not struggling for certain things, and so you can support your parents financially. But sometimes the most important thing is your time. You know, your your love and effort. So again, it's it's important. Like you're saying about the cooking thing. Um, my mum, she loves cooking for me. <laughs> she loves cooking for me. Um, there was, it was about three weeks ago where she was cooking chicken and I wasn't hungry. Um, and then she goes, well, I cooked for you, so you're going to eat it. I was like, okay, mum, okay. <laughs> so Sweet. See, that, that's her form of, um, like, her love language. Yes, exactly. My mum, she loves cooking for her kids. Yes, she loves cooking for her kids. That's one thing she's always loved doing, is cooking for her kids. Mm-hmm. All in all, tell me, I, I'm just, I know we never had an opportunity to really sort of sit down and, and kind of talk on a personal level. It's always sort of rush, rush, rush. Yeah. I'm genuinely curious, like, what sparked the love of boxing for you? Like, where did it all begin? Were you in diapers? Did your mama notice you were like hitting something? Like, tell me, tell me what it was. Like, was it something, a sign your mother saw, your dad saw that when they were, when you were a baby? How did, how did this happen? Do you know what happened, yeah? This is again, it's one of the things that I don't sit down and think of, but I've never, I was never meant to be a boxer, ever. I was <laughs> never meant to be. I played soccer, um, America's called it soccer, we called it football. I played football for a long time. I was very athletic as a child. And my mum, would, she wouldn't let me box. When I turned 14, I said I wanted to start boxing, just learning how to protect myself, do the training. She refused. She said, no, you're not getting in no boxing ring and punching your head in and all them kind of things. And then um, when I got to that 15, she let me go to a boxing club that my uncle was running. And then I picked it up so quickly. My uncle was saying to her, you don't know how talented this guy is. He just knows how to use his hands. I'm teaching him techniques. He's picking up straight away. And then um, I stopped doing that. Went back into athletics, football and things like that. And then um, I, worked, I started boxing again when I was like 19. So I'm 28 now. So it's been, a, it's been a short time. And the passion came from life. Going through certain experiences, um, seeing opportunity. So I said, I saw it as this. If I've got, a, if I've got the mentality that I've got, and that's when you're going, when you do something, do it a hundred percent, put a hundred percent. And then I saw I'm living in England, so it is opportunity. You know, people that live in, whether it's poverty or whether it's harsh. I grew up in an area that was that was harsh. You know, a lot of knife crime, a lot of gun crime, but there was still opportunity. You can still go to youth clubs for free. There were still fundings out there that you know you can go to, and sit in a building and listen to music. Mm-hmm. So I saw it as there's still opportunity there. Um, use your struggle as drive. You know, I watched a lot of Mike Tyson documentaries. I watched loads. I'm a documentary man. When I see a documentary that can motivate me, like this, um, the Michael Jordan documentary I was talking about earlier, the way this thing has tapped into that thing that I had a couple of years ago, like where I'm just like, drive, 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 drive. It's beautiful. I'm one of the people that like to latch, latch my emotions onto things that can motivate me. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started boxing, really. But as a kid, was there any signs that you were actually like, because you said that your mom wouldn't let you. So at some point, there was a, an urge to want to do it as a kid. So what was it specifically that, was, that made you ask her to want to be in boxing? Mike Tyson. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was my um, there was a t I had a fight when I was in year in, in England it's a bit different. So I had a fight when I was around fourteen years old and it was me against two boys that went to my primary school. So they went to the school the same school I was in until I was around eleven. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how it is in America. I know you guys do um is it high school and junior school or something? Yeah, middle school, elementary, middle and then high school. Yeah, we do um primary school, secondary school, then college. So in primary school, you leave primary school when you're about 11. And then when you get to um, 11, you go to secondary school. You leave secondary school around 15. So around 16, actually. So when I was around 14, I saw these two boys that went to my primary school. And I don't know what they were on, but they come to me, start asking me for money and doing all these kind of things, basically trying to rob me. We started fighting, and I, I beat them up. And then I got, I looked at the bad person. So, so, so I, said, I looked at the bad person because I was basically winning and I ran home. I was all excited. I was like, mom, I just want to, I just had a fight. I had a fight. She was like, what's wrong? And I was red. <laughs> she was like, I just had a fight. And then that was my excuse for wanting to go boxing. So I could protect myself. Um, and then I started watching Mike Tyson documentaries, one after the other. And the fact he was so small, I didn't know about weight classes or anything back then. It was like, he was a small guy knocking at these big guys. Mm -hmm. so I want to box, I want to box. My mum was like, nah, nah. No way you're having it. Does your mom yeah. go to your fights now? Or does yeah. she come out? She does, okay. She loves it. She loves it. She loves, even in Russia, the Russia is the first time, obviously I've taken any sort of punishment. Mm -hmm. She loved it. She was like, yeah, I've, you're, that's what you're like, you know. If if you're gonna have a fight, like not every fight's gonna go your way. That's her mentality. My mentality is not. My mentality is it can't all go your way, etc. But she was like, yeah, what you, you know, you lost the fight, and you know, you you held your own. Yeah. But she loves it. She she literally loves it. In the beginning, she was like, I don't want to come to the fights or whatever. And I showed her a couple of tapes of my early fights. She just loved it. Like she's never nervous. Like she just all calm. She's calm. So like, you ready? She don't get nothing she goes through no emotion it's yeah. just happiness yeah. it? I, so it's, I know boxing's in my blood i'm pretty sure my kid one day is gonna <laughs> probably have a love for the sport as well but um i don't know how parents do it i, I, no, that's I awesome too, like i don't know how the wives how the parents how are y'all <laughs> sitting there like i'm i'm just media and i'm sitting there like oh you know what i mean and there's like no real major attachment to it. It's like you're supposed to be, you know, remain from being biased, but you're still thinking like, oh, oh, that hurt. oh my God, did I just see that? And then imagine <laughs> if that was my son in there. Freak me out. Do you know what it is with, um, with me? I think the thing that made my mom comfortable with it is how well I was doing. When I started boxing, I said to her, I promised her I'm not going to get beaten up. I promised her I'm never going <laughs> to suffer in boxing um and she saw that even with the with the cover of fact she i didn't get beaten up so she was yeah. like you lost yeah you got you got yourself really tired or whatever you dehydrated whatever you want to call it but you lost the fight but you didn't get battered so she was like as long as you're not one of them guys that are going to stand up there and be taking punches she goes she's fine with it so that's again been part of my drive and motivation to become as much of a skillful boxer as i can not just use my brute strength and my size it's about learning skills and learning to evade punches and lasting longer in the school. All right, well, question for you then. Mike Tyson. Yeah. Y'all seeing talk 
right now. I don't know oh. how much of it's real, <laughs> how much of it is just Fantasy Friday. You know, we all, we, we don't really have much to talk about right now. So I can understand the interest in wanting to like, you know, compare if, if this guy fought that guy and so forth. But um, he is 53. Mm -hmm. And you know firsthand what it is to be in that ring and the dangers that you place yourself in, even at your age. You're only 28. Okay? Yeah. What do you think of entertaining the idea of returning to the ring? I don't like it because I'm a fan of Matt Tyson. I'm not a fan of many people, but Matt Tyson I'm a fan of. And um, he's probably the reason I even started boxing or part of the reason I wanted to start boxing. So even me watching his, his fights later on in his career upset me because I watched this, this kid dynamite knocking out everybody and then I saw a guy who was elderly um, fighting guys like Danny Williams, fighting some, I forgot the other guy's name, when he just laid on the ropes and said, afterwards, after the fight, he said, I don't love this no more. You know, I'm just doing this to feed my family, etc. And so someone like me, that's heartbreaking. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Matt Tyson is one of the people that I like. When I watch his, I always go back and rewatch his documentary. When I watch his documentaries, in my mind, he's him and Muhammad Ali are the best heavyweights that ever lived. So I don't want nothing to ruin that that concept I've got in my head. It's even like with Floyd Mayweather. He's very, he's still young. You know, he could possibly still come back and do something. But I don't want him to fight no more because I, I like success stories. You know, mm -hmm. I'm one of them people. I don't, I don't like to see. Um, negativity or failure or you know the bad people or the people the negative people in this world where they wish bad on people i don't want them to get what they want <laughs> so stay away from the sport you're happy you've got money leave it alone do you get what i'm saying i'm one of them people when there's a success story i don't like it to be ruined right i know i i, I am concerned with the idea of you know at the age mm -hmm. you know because it's like people are people are okay with it at the moment Mm -hmm. But then if something happened to him in the ring, then they're like, oh, they shouldn't have allowed this to happen. And exactly. who, who is responsible for sanctioning this fight? And it just, it, it's a, it's not a win. I don't see it as a win. And I, I look, Mike Tyson is Mike Tyson. Like he's a mm -hmm. legend. I don't want to see nothing legend. happen to him. Exactly. And he's 53 now. He might, he look, he's looking dangerous. I even posted one of his videos the other day, but how is he going to take a punch? You know, at the age of 50, they say that so much changes within your body. Um, you know, oh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the idea of it. Then you <laughs> hear Holyfields, and it's just, it, it's starting to become this thing. And I'm like, oh, God, please. please <laughs> let this just be quarantine talk. Like, don't let this be real. But, I mean, and bare knuckle. Bare knuckle. Is that what it's saying? Yes, bare knuckle. No, 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 no. I'm like, what is... I did a poll, right? Because I, I kept seeing, like, everyone was very, uh, they were very receptive yeah. of his return. And I'm like, people aren't being serious, right? So yeah. I did a poll, and it said, at the time, it was like 78% disagreed. And there was like yeah. a several thousand votes in there. And I'm like, surely the majority can't possibly be okay with it. Like, right? Uh, people, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of boxing fans that boxing's a it can be a brutal sport, and a lot of people that are fans of boxing are bloodthirsty. You know, they like watching fights where there's a knockout. They like watching fights where there's blood and all these kind of things. So they might care about the fighters, but they more care about entertainment. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they they only care really care about the fighters that they attach themselves to, and that they end up loving basically. But they still want to see blood, and you know, they want to see knockouts. That's the sport. But me, <laughs> you can call me a softie if you want. I don't want to see no one get hurt, mm-hmm. like especially a legend like Mike Tyson. Like, nah. I think it's just a different way of looking at it because you almost think like when when guys are younger, they're they're able to sort of take a punch better. Nobody wants to see somebody's dad in there, like, exactly. you know, honestly, or grandfather in there doing doing that. Like, that's... It's true. Even, that's that... Because I mentioned Floyd Mayweather earlier. He's someone to use as a good example. He said in one of his um, interviews after that, when he got, I think he got hit by Pacquiao, and he said that his body's different now. Like, the way he took a punch when he was younger... And the way he's going to take a punch now, there's a difference. Like your body reacts different. I don't know if it's the um, I don't know if it's the the thickness of your skull or your cartilage. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but it definitely has a difference. It has it has some sort of impact on the way you take a punch more than what you give. It's like what's the name? George Foreman. Yeah. When he fought when he was older, he said the same thing. He he came back as an elderly man, won the belt again or whatever. But he said every time he got hit, it hurt him in a different kind of fashion, different way. And that has to come down to age. Mm-hmm. Um, Canelo has shown interest in your um, your weight class. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what, did, what did you make of his performance against Kovalev, and and how do you reckon he'll do it with with the rest of you? You know what? Again, um, I thought, and this is no disrespect to Kovalev. Um, I've been in there with him. Um, because of how quick the turnover was, um, Kovalev even said it in the fight afterwards. He said that he had no time to recover after the fight with me. I thought Canelo was going to knock him out earlier because I know what it is with boxing. Boxers have to make weight. Um, when you're coming out of one fight and you're going straight into another fight, you have to go straight into camp. And Canelo's a dangerous guy. You know, He has no weight to lose. He can go in there full, fully hydrated, full throttle. So I thought it was going to be a, um, a quicker job. In my opinion... Kovalev was winning on points before he got knocked out. So I was impressed with Kovalev's performance. Um, but Canelo, again, he's probably the biggest name in boxing right now. Probably the um, pound for pound the best, in my opinion. Um, I think he does good in the division. He does good in any weight division he goes to. Um, I would love to have that fight. I know some people say, oh, yeah, you're crazy. You, you, got, um, you lost to Kovalev, etc. Experience plays a big part. Um, styles make fights also, and um, no, people best not forget. I went to Russia. <laughs> I went to Russia where it was hostile. Where they they said they lost my um my 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 suitcase, so I had no suitcase for two days. There was loads of things. Um, no excuses. I'm one of the people. But if Canelo offered me the fight tomorrow, I'll take it. That's good to know. <laughs> it's by the sounds of it. I know Bivol's trying to throw his his you know, hat in. Uh, I know that Callum Smith was doing the same. From my understanding, Billy Joe Saunders had the fight before, you know, he was actually in Las Vegas training when they had the lockdown happen. So, I mean, who knows? We'll we'll see what what weight class he plans to stay in. But say say it does happen to be Billy Joe Saunders and Canelo in September, as we're hearing rumors about. Who who wins that fight? Again, I sat down with, with Billy Joe and we done an interview together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said it, 
on camera, he has every when 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 Billy Joe's up for a fight. Remember, he's still undefeated. He he's he's tricky. He's fought loads of different styles. He might not be as experienced as Canelo, but he gives everyone a hard nap. You know, even the best of boxers. He makes whenever he's got a big fight in front of him is when he performs the best. Um, again, I I, I I wouldn't call it down to experience. I would say Canelo. Down to experience at that level, should I say? I'll say Canelo. But Billy Joe Saunders has all the attributes mm -hmm. to give a massive upset. Because mm -hmm. every time Canelo has struggled against again, someone like Lara, Floyd Mayweather, people that dance and move and that can box, he struggles with. So mm -hmm. again, if I if I'm betting, I'm putting my money on Billy Joe, just because the odds would be <laughs> in my favour. <laughs> I would 100% want him to have that fight. I was praying. When I heard that that, that fight got announced, I was so happy. Because Billy Joe's been waiting for that kind of opportunity for years. He has, forever. Yes, He's been yes. calling out Canelo, um, Triple G. Yeah, yes. all of them forever. I know. Well, uh, last question about boxing. Uh, if you had to choose, <laughs> who's it going to be? Is it going to be Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua? Don't sit on the fence. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. I'll be, again, I'm, I'm an honest person. Yeah. Um, I say this to people's faces. Based on current form, you cannot go against Tyson Fury with anybody right now. He's, he's the most on form. Um, his last fights have been nothing short of spectacular. Mm -hmm. So against any heavyweight in the world right now, I'm choosing Tyson Fury. Um, Joshua has got the attributes to, again, win the fight, but if I had to choose somebody right now based on current form, mm -hmm. I'm going with um, Tyson Fury. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> we're hearing that might happen sometime soon. I mean, who knows? I'm rooting for that. I'm rooting for that because big names need to fight each other. It's what makes a sport. It's what makes a sport. Mm -hmm. So, again, two big names like that, it will be, it will be a hell of a show, man. A blockbuster. Do you think that boxing should be where it once was, where the champions had to fight the champions? Right now, it seems like they kind of get their, they kind of get to dictate when they want to face them. Um, whereas back when, uh, it was like champion had to face the champion. There was there wasn't so many belts in in each division. Yeah. So. Exactly, and um, I just I don't know. I feel like. One thing that can change a sport and change people's mentalities and everything, I'm guilty of it. Everyone wants to make as much money as possible because mm -hmm. um, that's what we're in the room. We're prize fighters. But at the same time, someone like myself, I've got an ego. And when you, when you get a good fight that gets put towards you and it makes sense, both fighters need to go for it. Um, a lot's changed in the sport. People are being a lot more strategic. Um, in terms of how they how they manage their careers and things like that, um, but people like, two people like Joshua. When you're at the top, Joshua, Fury, Deontay Wilder, all these guys need to fight each other. Because when you're at the top, there's nowhere else to go. You know, there's only two or three opponents you can choose from. You're not building. You're not gaining experience. Fight each other. That's the way I see it. Amen. <laughs> 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 for all fans who agree with that yeah no honestly hopefully we'll see i'm not going to be mad at it 
if we don't get the big fights by this year. I'm not going to be mad at it. Do you know what I mean? Due to, the, due to the situation. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you when you were saying, like, look, you not you don't even have a bag to punch. You haven't sparred. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one thing to stay in shape. It's another thing to stay ready in terms of a fight. Like, they're completely different things. You, could, you can look good, but if you're not getting the right training in, you're not going to be prepared. And no, one, no one's going to want to risk their record not having proper training. So I'm not mad at it. I know that me and Raheem got into a debate about it, and he <laughs> said one thing, and I said the other. And he was like, I need to stay ready. I'm like, okay, physically, maybe in shape, yeah. It's their responsibility to make sure they're still eating right and their nutrition stays right. But you can't possibly expect people, uh, like you said, to just have a gym sitting in your garden. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like Everyone's different. And again, people are going to be different in terms of how they approach it as well. Some people, I look outside sometimes, people don't care about coronavirus because they haven't had no, no adversity with it. So some people are going to be out. They would have been going to their own private gym. Some people... Um, if they had to rely on somebody else to get to a gym, they're going to be like, I'll just wait. I'll do my training. I'll go for my running. But again, boxing is about conditioning. You can be as fit as you want. Conditioning is internal. And that comes down to um, sparring. That comes down to doing your pad work, training a certain way. That's why they say training camps like six to eight weeks. You know, some people do longer. But there's a time frame you have to get your body conditioned to fight 12 rounds. There's, that's the difference between going out there and having a little street fight for, for three minutes. <laughs> it's yeah. completely different. Completely different. Well, you know what? Thank you for sitting with me, talking with yes, me. Yes, anytime, anytime. Opening up and, um, you know, I think I can say on behalf of the fans that our hearts are with you. We yes. are rooting for you. And... Um, and you know what? More than anything, I just hope that we all stay safe. We all come out better people. We all show each other more love and not hate. You know, yes. because no matter what, even even this video, there's going to be some somebody writing something negative, even though there was nothing negative to say. I just yeah. hope that all in all, we start to see um, life differently through Definitely. what we're all collectively going through. One thing I've realized, yeah even in something as serious as this that's happening now, some people you have no control over. You know, yeah. there's still people, even though I'm going through, or I was going through or whatever, a tough time, there were still people on my page saying nonsense. Do you really? know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So it's like, if you focus on them kind of people or let them kind of people have an effect on your emotion, you will just, you will fall to the bottom of the, um, the bucket straight away. So... Sometimes it's about just ignoring and understanding that PYP, everyone has their position to play. There's some people that are just negative. There's n their nature is negative. They, there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, so just energetically, they're wrong. Yeah, it's energy. So no matter what we do sometimes, there's people that are going to find the negative in something. So I stop paying no attention. <laughs> baffled. Like, who would even write something negative, especially with everything going on? But... Oh, let's see. Let's hope. And you know what? I hope to see you soon. I hope to, I, I'm hearing that there's the possibility, like we, we were talking about in July and August, and hopefully media will be able to attend at that point. But if not, until then, it's good to see your face. Thank you very much again for just being who you are, just being you. And you too. And you too. We need Michelle, folks. We need 
behind the gloves. <laughs> Same way we need to fight. So keep doing what you're doing. All right. Thank you. And I appreciate your time. And uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch, obviously. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Bye, bye, fans. Hey Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do so by clicking this icon right here, or else 